All right, welcome to Pie Talk. It's me, Vinny Kitchatelli. We're talking about all kinds of great pizza pies out there, man. You know, big pies, small pies, little slices, big slices that place down on third that serves it with the pineapple. I'm a big fan. I know there's a lot of haters out there, but hey, we're talking about pizza here. I'm opening up the phone lines, but before we do, I got to say this. Guys, this may be Pie Talk, but quit sending me emails about your mama's apple pie, that strudel crumble pie, that rhubarb whatever pie. I don't care. It's not that kind of pie. We're talking about sausages here. We're talking about pepperoni here. We're talking about all that goodness. The ham, the slices, the little bit of marinara that drips on your chin when you're eating it. Oh, so good. All right, enough of that talk. Let's open up the phone lines. First caller, bring, 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 bring. What do we got? Uh, hi, my name is Stuart, and I'm a short-time listener and first-time caller. What's up, Stu? Well, I was listening to your show, and I, I don't, I don't agree with some of what you say. Really, I don't like pizza. I, pizza's not as great as you say. Is really what I called to tell you. I don't think pizza is that great. You're breaking my heart here, Stu. Why would you call in to say something like that? I mean, I got a heart the size of a giant meatball crammed onto a pizza. Oh, man. I, why would you call into a show called Pie Talk if you're I, not even going to enjoy a pie? I think you should change your show to talk about calzone. But calzone? Oh, no, 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 no. Stu, you do not understand. Calzones are the devil. Calzone is just a pizza that somebody fucked up one day. They were like, pie got folded in half in the box and they handed it off anyway. And they're like, it's not a pizza. It's a sandwich. And people are like, Oh, it's something different. It's not. It's just a pizza folded in half. Nobody can see this, but I can see this. Just a pizza pie folded in half. And you guys, yo, you morons. You don't even know how hot it is. You bite into that shit, burns your tongue. Why would you like calzones, Stu? Calzones are much better than pizza. The toppings do not fall off. I can actually pick it up a lot easier than a pizza. And you also have the option of eating it with a fork and a knife. Whoa, no, 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 no. Fork and knife is out, out. I'm hanging up on you, Stu. Click. Oh, oh, I'm all riled up. Oh, my God. My blood pressure's through the roof. And you know that's not good for Finney over here. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm going to have to get my medicine. Oh, where's that little bottle of pills? Oh, man, it's under the pepperoni. Pizza boxes everywhere. Oh, okay, here we go. Found my pills. Oh, damn. Guys, you don't even know. Calzones are just a fucked up folded in half pizza. It's like a nuclear oven inside of there. You bite into it, your, your marinara spills all over your face. Cheese is all melting down your beard. You're all messed up. You're all burnt third degree. You look like the Phantom of the Bronx. It's a mess. Okay, okay, we got to get another color. Wash this taste out of my mouth. Better than a fucking Diet Coke. All right, caller, where you from? Tell me about your favorite pie. Uh, hi, my name is Steven, and I'm from the city, and uh, pizza sucks, calzones forever. What? Oh, man, you sound a lot like that stew guy. Tell me you ain't that stew guy. What's it with all the calzone talk up in here? My name is something else that starts with an S. I forget. Steven, that's it, Steven. But I love calzones, and pizzas are not good. I don't like pizzas, and I love calzones. Calzones forever. Oh, I'm hanging up on you, too. Click. I think we got I think we got a prank caller. This is, this is worse than the time those kids kept coming down knocking over my trash cans and I had to chase them away banging on the bars of my apartment building with my cane oh ma ma hey somebody calls here talking about calzones better than pizza you hang up on them right away all right uh, okay you promise oh oh okay okay I'm looking at the phone lines oh we got a female caller hey well uh, welcome to pie talk uh what's your name where you from what's your favorite pie um hi I'm a girl and my name is Stacy and I really love pizzas because they're boring and flat and not nearly as good as calzones. Calzones are great. I fucking love calzones. Oh, Stu, I'm going to kill you. Oh, I got the heart attack. Oh, this is the third one this week. Fuck. This has been Pie Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Benny. Kitchatari. Pizzas forever. Calzones suck. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. All engine running. Liftoff.
Alright, welcome to Rocco's Calzone Chat. We're talking about the best kind of pizza, the not pizza, calzones. If you're one of those flat lovers, get the F out of here. Alright, let's get a caller. We got our first caller. Uh, we got, uh, who's this? This is uh, Giancarlo. Giancarlo's an Italian name. Hey man, I love your show. Calzones are the bomb. Pizza sucks. I mean, sure, you can get a pie and it's all big in a box, but a calzone fits in like half the space. Same amount of pizza. I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. It's like they fit like two pizzas in one little box. I'm, I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. <laughs> Happy April Fools, right? April Fools. Welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Stuart. Matt. <laughs> We had a huge, like, fake episode planned, and then coronavirus hit, and it fucked that all up. It's going to be very different than our normal episodes, and it actually is going to take a lot to produce it. Like, we have to do a lot of stuff, and we just, with fucking, Aaron had to bug out of Los Angeles to get back to Georgia in case it started closing shit. Yep. So, listen for at least one more year if you want to hear an episode that we think is extra funny. <laughs> <laughs> stringing along Aaron came up with this this pizza idea like now like this morning while we started recording so enjoy that that's yeah. just a trick this isn't really about pizza it's about the other bullshit it's about the less interesting stuff that we think is cool <laughs> stringing them along for that long con that's a big tease right there like stick around it's one true. more year for something funny <laughs> oh god wouldn't it be great if in one year someone listens to that episode and was like this was not worth the wait <laughs> <laughs> They're like, the three minutes it took me to wait for this actual intro to the show wasn't worth it. Why would I wait another year? <laughs> I would literally do anything else and I'm quarantined and bored at home. So, Oh my God, dude. How, how is quarantine for you? You, you? I mean, you're a teacher. What What is that like? What is quarantine like for you and for your students? It sucks. It sucks. Like it, it actually bothers me a lot that my kids aren't learning as much as they could be. It, like it hurts. I actually feel bad. You can feel them getting dumber every day. They were dumb to start with. Too. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, <laughs> this the district is starting to like figure out things to do and how to do it. So they're starting to tell us more things to do, but it's still very vague and very up to us, which is fine and good. Um, some parameters would be a little bit easier to navigate with, but it's just like, do some stuff. And you know me, I'm not really a technical guy, so now I have to study all these fucking platforms online to figure out how to put content out there for them. You and just five need years old. to air old episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse and you'll be fine. I'm going to add old episodes of the Launchpad podcast and they'll be fine. <laughs> that would be fun, though, if you had a secret word every day and you're like, if I say this word... I was word actually thinking that. I was trying to figure out... Actually, I was thinking if I do a secret word every... Vi I'm going to do like a video. If I do a secret word every video and then have the kids put the words together to make a sentence that might be like something then i was like that'll ensure that they watch the video i was like no that'll ensure that they turn the video on find the secret word and then turn the video off <laughs> they're five though because they're there i think they'll be into that kind of shit i don't think they'll be trying it because it's not work to them it's fun yeah but they're not going to watch fucking hours of videos of me. five-year-olds man they're already hacking your system you're going to be like dosed before you know it they're going to be like spamming <laughs> you with like hey i know what shit. dos is see colin's 
slash. Hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're recording this the weekend before April 1st, and it's a very special day, Rumi. It is. It's the day the world got Rumi. This is Rumi's birthday. It's my birth anniversary, dude. It is my birthday. Oh, that's right. It's, it's my your anniversary. anniversary of your wedding, too. 12 years, my dude. I remember this kid telling me he was getting married on his birthday so that he wouldn't have to remember two dates. And I said, <laughs> what a lazy genius. Partially true. <laughs> yes, I will take credit. Brilliant, right? Like, look, it was one of those things like I was working in L.A. and my wife, Kate, was in Indianapolis and we had like kind of a, a window that we could make this happen where I could fly back after work, not miss too much work and then get married and then come back to L.A. And it was one of those things where it was like we wanted to get married in this very specific spot. And they're like, you can get married this weekend or this weekend. And one was like very close to like I'd get home and then immediately get married like the next day. And then the other one was like, I'd have like a week and then get married and then have like three days after. But that happened to be my birthday. And I was like, well, it'd be a big party. So why not? Made sense. 12 years later. Very happy. That's pretty cool. You're still married and still alive. So you're winning on two fronts. <laughs> Hell yeah. Living that quarantine lockdown life on my birthday. But uh, hey, we got we got we got Zoom. We got Skypes. We got Internet. So like today I'm spending my birthday. I woke up, drank some coffee, hung out with the dog, doing some podcasting, going to play some video games, watch a movie with my wife, probably do some other stuff with my wife. It's going to be great. Be like a perfect day. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> Are you having a good quarantine? Yeah, man. Here's what happened. So we were like packing to get ready to move back to Atlanta. And then we heard the news that's like LA might shut down completely. They might like quarantine and you can't leave. And we didn't know if that meant like National Guard is at the border being like, go back to your home. You know, I didn't we didn't know, but I didn't want to risk it. And you were planning on leaving like in a week and a half or so, two weeks anyway, right? It's not yeah. like you were going to leave a long, long time from them. No, it was in the works, but it was one of those things where it's like, I don't want to get stuck here and be paying two apartments because I have my place in Atlanta and my place in LA, but we were going to get rid of the place in LA. I didn't want to get stuck with both. And it was just a pain in the ass. So we just packed up as fast as we could and left at like nine o'clock at night the day they announced the stay in place order. And I'm glad we did, man, because this is a much bigger apartment, a nice porch here. The weather is nice. There's not a lot of people here. The stores are still stocked. I mean, it's not a, a giant mess like LA felt crowded and kind of scary to be stuck in a big city like that. You know, it's been pretty Pretty good watching a bunch of movies, listening to some music. It's been uh, it's been pretty chill. I've been doing nothing except making sure my human stays alive and getting ready to do school. Oh, that's not true. I did I did one giant Lego set. I did a, a bitchin' Y-Wing Lego set. Hell yeah. And me and my buddy Nick Wari just both bought the 1989 Batmobile Lego set. It's like a 3,000-piece set. Ooh. And we're putting it together at the same time. He has his, I have mine. We're working on it together over Skype. We just started it last night. It's pretty fucking cool. That's <laughs> that's really funny, like, doing Lego stuff together. Because, like, we were planning on getting, like, I was going to get the set, and then we were going to build it. But then fucking, you know, quarantine happens, and you're like, you can't go over anyone's houses anymore yeah so we were like trying to figure out and he was like should i buy one too and i was like yeah you should why not absolutely you should it's i mean you can never go wrong with any nice batman lego set any lego set period you can't go wrong you you built that bitch in y-wing the night i was leaving yeah and it, it took me a couple nights to do it and the cool thing about the y-wing if you guys haven't seen the pictures Rumi threw some pictures up on social media not only do i have a little minifigure that i think looks pretty much like me it doesn't have as big muscles and it's not as attractive but i mean for lego it's pretty close it's me as a <laughs> as a rebel pilot. Most of the Y-Wings in the movie are, are yellow or marked with yellow paint and the, the the toy came with yellow pieces. I switched them out for this dark blue that in my mind is my squad, 
my, my squadron colors if I was in the Rebel Alliance. And I changed all the colors. And then actually, but then you, like I built it and then I was like, oh, this piece should be blue. So then I'd order that piece in blue. And I was like, oh, wait, this piece should be in blue. So I switched out the astromech droid. I switched out a bunch of pieces. I have one more round of pieces coming and then I think it's going to be customized the way I want it. Because you have an R5-D4 in there. It is an R5, but it's not R5-D4 because R5-D4 has a derpy eye in the middle. I didn't realize. I, I have one, but I thought it was a misprint. Just bought another one and it also has a derpy eye in the middle. I'm like, I don't want derpy R5, <laughs> R5 derp 4. Lovely <laughs> round. <laughs> Yeah, Uncle Owen, this droid's got a bad derpy eye. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to pull here? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who here is like nerdy enough to know that hey what do you try to pull here <laughs> if you got that joke if you know that line because you're that nerdy I think most of our uh, most of our listeners will right I hope so man I mean anybody who likes a good Star Wars joke is a good friend in my book if we can jump back to your birthday for a half second yeah yeah did you look on Facebook and see what I put on there not yet <laughs> your wife has already responded to it I just put it on there right before we started I posted a really old picture that you guys should go check out if you haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it I don't know I'm afraid though Oh, you didn't look yet? No, I don't know what it is. Oh, I thought you were looking now. I, I can. You want me to look now? Look now, because while you're looking, I'll set it up. When Rumi and I actually lived together, my sister visited one trip. And at the same time, a close friend of mine was having a birthday at that pirate adventure place that's like medieval times. Oh, my God. But it is a pirate place. And for her birthday, we were going to take her there as a surprise because she was like literally obsessed with pirates. And we all dressed up. So me and Rumi dressed up like fucking pirates. We had 3D like like special effects scars running down our face. We gave my sister a giant walrus mustache and she was, she, remember we were calling her Shmi? She kept taking her patch off. <laughs> Shmi, put your patch back on. Oh, And shit. it's like, if you guys have ever been in Medieval Times, this was like that. And you go in, you have some stupid dinner and you watch a show and there's like a show that's, you know, got all these theatrics and, and stunts and fights and shit in it. And you are aligned to a pirate, just like you're aligned to a knight in Medieval Times. And right. our was the red pirate whose name was Cutthroat. I think it was Jack, but it was Cutthroat something. He had the that? coolest name by far. He did because it was it was Cutthroat. And he so if you look at the picture, I'm not wearing a shirt. And I didn't think they let me into the restaurant, but they did. I had a vest on. It was a pirate restaurant. <laughs> they thought you worked there. I actually stole a knife from that place, a butter knife, just to keep the cosplay going. Look at us, man. I got the Errol Flynn going on, the thin mustache yeah, dude. with the little little patch. Man. And you remember the Cutthroat Jack or whatever his name was was yelling about something, and I yelled out some sort of joke and then he called me the pink pirate you remember that yeah <laughs> so we go to this we do this show where we were and it was like i think we had like 20 something people all dressed up no one was dressed up as awesome as we were but no we were all dressed, dressed up. up and the show starts and the show is like there's one main pirate guy who's the boss of all of our colored pirates and they captured some lady it was like a princess or a you know female pirate or whatever she was a princess which didn't make sense for pirate times but okay fine it was like some then it was like as the show went on some of the pirates were good some of the pirates were bad and they were the good ones were trying to rescue her and i remember like we just wanted there to be like action but it was all like a guy on a trampoline doing trampoline tricks and there was a guy with a ladder i remember the ladder had a fixed point in the middle so it could spin and he was going up the ladder down swinging and it was cool but we wanted to see pirate action and it was me you and a, my buddy that i used to work with doing special effects his name was josh and do you remember this we kept waiting and there was almost fights and then there wouldn't be a fight and there was oh, almost they were teasing it and then the princess was just mouthing off just like <laughs> she was pissing off this pirate and she was telling him how her friends are going to come save her or whatever and like the bad pirate and he just winds up and backhanded the shit out of her and we all yeah. went knocked her to the floor 
<laughs> because it was the first time someone got hit and we kept waiting for a fight to happen. And we instinctually all just did it. And the group in front of us got scared. Like they literally jumped in their seats and turned around because not only were they not expecting someone to cheer for that, but why would three grown men cheer so hard when some girl hit the floor? Oh man, that was funny as shit though. That was Val's birthday. They think we're some real like wife beating assholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was our favorite part of the show. But we were just happy that there was violence. That's all we were. That's literally all we were waiting for. But that was a fun ass night. But so yeah, you look at that picture. That picture has got to be at least what, 12 years old? Yeah. Cause it was before I was married. Like we were still right. roomies. Yeah. yeah that's so over 12 years 12 ago. Years old, damn. damn. We look, we look handsome and in shape. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think we still look handsome but we're like that aged bottle of wine handsome where you're yeah like, yeah no i i yeah there's there's no illusions I, there's guys with better bodies than me there's no one that's handsome or a better package overall i'm winning i mean you look at that picture and you're like these were still men who needed to get wives <laughs> <laughs> still working on it <laughs> i don't go to as many pirate shows anymore <laughs> That was a lot of fun. It's, I mean, it could use more swashbuckling, but it was still pretty fun. It was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. You, that's what was it, though. You needed more swashbuckling. Like, we needed shit to be happening, and there was definitely not shit happening. No. Oh, man. Well, thanks for pulling that out, man. Do you remember when you, for my birthday, you took me to the Magic Castle with your sister? Yes, I do. I didn't remember that that was your birthday, but I remember it was like Allie went, and Lizzie, and maybe Barry, but it was like a bunch of people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got me in, and it was incredible, but it was so funny because I was in the front row of one of the Magic shows. And afterwards, one of the magicians comes up and he goes, it's more fun to watch your face watching the show than he is to watch the show. Because I'm the guy, you guys can't see my face, but I'm the guy who's like, no, no fucking way. Where'd that ring go? Loud. Where'd that ball go? Where'd that rope go? And I get super pumped about it. It is. And it is my favorite way to describe you. Like when I need to describe your personality and your being to somebody, yeah. I'll be like, when he was 30 and we went to, you know, Magic Castle, he acts like a kid. He goes... No way! Uh, uh, uh. And you put you put your hands up in the air by your face, and you go. Uh, uh, uh. It is, and that I think was my first two times going to the Magic Castle as well. And I think I love that place. It's my favorite place in Los Angeles to go. So cool. But you, you do you going with you makes it. It's a whole new experience because it's like going with a little kid who's six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and says fuck a lot. Yeah, no it's true. Fucking way. <laughs> it is the best. And for those people who don't know what the Magic Castle is, I guess we have to explain it. If you live in LA, you probably do know, but the Magic Castle is a private magician's club in an old mansion. Houdini used to hang out there. And this place is an it's it's a staple in LA. You can only get in if you have a magician friend who gets you tickets. Yeah, you need an invitation. It's expensive as fuck. Yeah. You gotta dress up really nice. Really nice dress up. And to get in, they let you in and you're in this secret like library. Don't give don't, don't you're not gonna give it away, right? Not gonna give it away. But you're in this library and you have to figure out how to get into the magic. There's castle. only a door to the parking lot. So you come in and there's no door. There's no door. It's a secret entrance and it's so it's fucking so cool. cool. And there's so many like little little sneaky things peppered through, right? Yeah. There's there's secret entrances. Dude, when we were there, so man, there's so much to tell about the magic castle. There's like secret <laughs> passageways and dude, we were there hanging out all night and then all of a sudden we were about to leave and this painting opens up and this guy goes you guys want to see a magic show we were like fuck yeah magic painting man and we walk <laughs> through the painting and we're in this tiny tiny dark little room 
right? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And we're sitting down. And he's doing close-up magic. He's doing all his card magic. Wasn't and, it like literally just our group? Yeah. It was just like the he, six or seven people we came with. It was just us. It was literally a guy opened a painting and was like, come in here. And our group <laughs> went inside there. And we were like piled into this little room. And he's doing card magic and like making people's cards appear, disappear, doing cool card tricks, people's names on the cards. Then he starts doing coin tricks. And he's like, okay, I got this coin. Put your name on the coin, doing coin tricks. And then he starts doing coins and card tricks together. And he does this thing where he, he my name was on the quarter. Your sister's name was on the card. He had the deck of cards. He yes. put the quarter on top of the deck of cards and it started to burn a hole through the cards, melting through the cards. And then it stopped and he handed me the quarter and it was a melted quarter with my initials all melted over it. The card that it stopped at was hers. And then he like lifted up the other cards underneath that where it stopped and it was everybody's cards from the night who had signed a card. He was so good. And how far away were you when he did that trick? As close as I am to my microphone, inches away from him. And I I remember my sister sitting at the table yeah. he was doing it at and, and we my were knees were touching her knees. right there yeah it was yeah. so tiny ridiculous so fucking cool that place and i used to do magic surprise i used to do like magic shows because <laughs> i was a cool kid i used to do magic shows for like little kids birthday parties and stuff and here's what i found out you don't need to know any tricks to do a magic show for a kid's birthday party <laughs> <I know. laughs> because all you have to do is go hold your hand up like a fist open it to show nothing go ta-da and look amazed and all the kids in the room will freak out no matter what you've done or what you've said. If you just hold up a closed fist, open it and go, ta-da, and act like something happened, they lose their minds. So, like, I was practicing tricks for nothing, dude. Didn't even matter. I do shit in class all the time where I'll just palm something and then I'll either drop it or I'll pull it out of, like, essentially pull a quarter out of a kid's ear or I'll put a red paper clip on my desk and then I'll have another one over by my, you know, cart mm-hmm. and I'll be like, guys, want to see me make this red paper clip disappear? And I'll put it in my pocket and I'll be like, all right, everyone check your pencil boxes. Who has a red paper clip? And I'll walk around the classroom and I'll let a kid find it on my desk. And one kid will always yell out, the other one's in your pocket. But the other kids are not listening because they're blowing their minds. <laughs> it's amazing. Kids are so funny because they'll believe anything you tell them. But yeah, I was doing magic tricks and like I know a lot of how magic tricks work. And here's the thing about magic. Literally, magic is just somebody has invented a mechanism that you are not aware of existing. Right, right, right. So to me, it's like when you see a giant stage trick and he like made somebody's ring appear inside an ice cube, he invented a machine that makes ice cubes that he can put a ring into. And you're just not aware that that machine exists. Sure. That's what how the trick works. And and it's just, it's creating something that people can't even fathom exists. That's why to me, the close-up magic that's like sleight of hand and like the prestidigitation of it all, that to me is so impressive because you know he's just hiding it behind his fingers or making a coin. Right, right. You know that you, theoretically as an adult, you know that there's yeah. not magic, that he is somehow manipulating those things so fast and so sneakily that your brain and eyes are losing track of it. And you, the best is like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to try to watch this. Yeah. And then you watch to try to see what happens. And when you don't know how it happens, you're like, shit. One of the other times I went to the Magic Castle, the head of the Magic Castle Society, like king, king of all magicians or whatever, was there and he was doing a show and he brought me down because obviously my face was like, pick me, pick me, oh fuck. He was like, let me pick a kid. Oh, there's no kids. Oh no, that giant one in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so he picked me, brought me down and he literally was doing like the, the three card Monty where he had like a silver, it was like a silver like little shell and a pea underneath mm-hmm. it. And he kept doing it and I, I didn't want to fall for it. And I was like, dude, you're just going to make me look stupid. And he's like, well, 
where is it? And I was like, and he's like, okay, I'm going to make it real easy for you. So he just took away the other two and just left the one. He's like, is it under there? And I'm like, whatever I say is going to be the opposite. And he goes, is it under there? And I'm like, no. And he lifted it up and it was under there. Like, and he's like, okay, okay, we'll try again. He puts it, it's just like the one. I see him put it over it, put the little shell over the pee, and he's like, is it under there? And I'm like, oh man. And like everybody was just laughing because he was just fucking with me. And whatever I said, it would be the opposite. And then sometimes I'd say, and he'd be like, see, I got to win one once in a while. And it's like, it'd be there. And you're like, fuck, dude. It was incredible. My One of my favorite jokes and reactions to my jokes happened at the Magic Castle in the big room. So yeah. in the Magic Castle, there's multiple places that you can go to watch different magic tricks happen. And there's yeah. a big show that you go to that's like, you actually, it, you know, it's like a hundred or two people and it's like this it's the magic that you see on tv it's more bigger stuff it's a lot of things contraptions it's and the it's one the where one. they got music going and a lot of scars right, and right. blowing fans and, it's, and a lights. lot of it is cool but it's it, to me it's always the least it's always the easiest to figure out what happened and the least i don't want to say least interesting because that's blowing it off but it's you know it's it's not the close-up magic is where it's at and that's why i go to the magic castle but hell yeah i'm nodding in agreement we, we always go to that big show I went with my family. So it was my mom, dad, my sister, and Amanda, my wife. And we're sitting there, me and Aubrey, my sister is two years younger than me, has bright red, actually darker red hair than me, but also red hair. And we're both so fucking loud. Whenever we're at a show like that, we're getting picked. It doesn't matter what thing it is. One of us is getting picked. So at a point in the show, the magician is like, okay, I need a volunteer. So me and my sister are both pointing at each other. And I'm like, her, her, pick her. So he looks at me and he goes, you want me to pick her? I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, no, you. So I go up. He had a giant tube. Think of like a piece of PVC pipe where like the inner diameter was like four feet. Like you can get in it. And the, he had, essentially it was holes in the middle of it with metal bars through so that the left side of the pipe was separated from the right side. And he was going to have his assistant get in one side, throw a cloth over it, pull the cloth up and she'd be magically on the other side. So my job as the assistant to go up there was to take the metal bars out and assure the audience that they were indeed metal and that they were not trick bars. Mm -hmm. So he goes, here, take that. So I take it. And he's like, knock on it. So I bang it. And it goes, bung, bung, bung. He goes, see if you can bend it. And I looked at him and he goes, oh, I could bend it. But I am assuring you that it is real metal. And a couple people snickered in the crowd, right? I said, I'm strong enough. I could bend it. A couple people snickered. <laughs> he thanks me for my, my great job and stupid heckling. I go and sit down. As I go and sit down, down, I'm crossing through like my family like to get to my seat and I pass Amanda and she goes nice dad joke I pass my dad my dad laughing goes awesome joke man <laughs> Amanda nice dad joke my dad awesome joke <laughs> nice me joke <laughs> yeah my dad was like proud like legit proud and my, my wife was legit embarrassed <laughs> Oh man, the Magic Castle is so fun, dude. There's so there's, yeah, there's a big room. There's the tiny close-up room. There's all sorts of secret rooms. There's like a and then there's like room. people sometimes with at the table. Sometimes you're walking down the hallway. Yeah, and um, like what, what what will happen there is magicians who are members can go whenever they want. So yeah. they'll go watch other shows, but sometimes they'll just start fucking doing magic in the hallways, and that's like incredible. And one of the main things about this place is it's a place where magicians can go try tricks out and not mm -hmm. get like public judgment for it. So like one of the big things about being there is like no heckling and no like you know you're not supposed to point out how tricks were done you know you're not supposed to be a jerk and they're there to help each other out and like I'll look over and like they're this guy's like trying to do this card trick and this other guy's being like well if you do this it makes your you know he's, he's teaching each other and then they're sharing knowledge there's a room with a piano where if you say hey Minerva play any song it will start playing that song on the piano mm -hmm. one year it's a player piano it's supposed to be a ghost that yeah plays the piano. it's supposed to be a ghost but it's amazing because it'll but play do you remember I forget 
you were trying to tell it to play something that it didn't know or didn't want to play. And it was just and like, went, you said something and it went, bum, bum. Yeah. And then you exasperatedly said, play something. And it went, bum, bum. I went one year and Crispin Glover was in there just hogging up the piano ghost, man. And he was being... <laughs> He was there. Okay, so he was there. It's the dad from Back to the Future. If you guys don't remember, he's he's a Does, is he Chris? Is he that character all the time? Because he's that character in every movie. Was he like that in real life or was he? Yeah, he's a renowned weirdo. He was there with some model and he was like, play Rachmaninoff's third opus in D minor. And it'd be like, dun, 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 dun. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I just wanted to play like some Leonard Skinner song. Come on, quit hogging up all the piano. <laughs> play SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is she'll play like shit that's not piano music, theoretically. She'll play anything that she can figure out. But like, I'm sure it's computerized. But like, wouldn't it be funny if it's just a guy with a microphone on the other side of the wall being like, oh, fuck. Bump, bump, well, I don't bump, know, bump. man, because you like, I'm sure it's to a certain extent it's computerized. But you you gave her attitude and she gave it back. She went bum, bum. So like, I got to think that there's a person involved with that. Unless that maybe if it I don't know, I, it's whatever it is. It, and it's so fucking cool. It's so awesome. We went to the meeting room once and the this guy had a parrot that was helping him do a bunch of magic tricks. That was really hilarious because the parrot. Oh, I remember that guy. He was really reluctant to do it. And the parrot kept doing jokes where like you, he, you'd have a card that disappeared and he hand you an envelope and you'd open the envelope and you're expecting to find a card. But instead, it's a note from the parrot. Be like, save me. This guy's making me work like 100 hours a week and he won't feed me. He's a jerk. Save me. There's and then if you you have to be a certain age to get in at night. But then on weekends, they do brunch shows where which are all ages. So you can bring kids to and a lot of times those they'll be a young magician and i saw like no joke like an 11 maybe 12 year old kid doing magic and it was awesome he had a little suit on he was doing jokes and magic he was a little like nervous and everything which just made it more cute but his he did this like really complex thing where like someone signed i don't know a quarter or some shit and he put it in a bunch of things and then eventually had this big box that slowly he unlocked and when he finally unlocked the mid the inside thing the the thing was in there but it was fucking great he did an amazing job it was super fucking cool but he was like a li- little person it was really like you know what i mean he was like a little human that's super fun um my wife just brought me a smoothie and it's delicious but i'm growing out it's this like super big rad mustache and i'm still learning how to eat things like milkshakes and smoothies with a big mustache i'm gonna shave my mustache off in protest of your mustache Rumi doesn't like my mustache i don't like mustaches for the sake of mustaches yours looks good if it gets too pointy at the end this ends though i'm trying not to get it too too salvador dolly but i just want a big beard and mustache i'm growing out my hair so i'm gonna be like well we'll see how long it goes we're gonna do a quarantine grow out so by the time i like start work again i look like a big old mountain man i want to look like grizzly adams Rumi. i want you to look like grizzly adams too stop it <laughs> stop it oh we love us some grizzly adams man well talking about that you had mentioned before that you've been watching some movies you want to do like a like a we've kind of done like a little bit of a quarantine episode so far yep. you want to kind of switch over to like a what have you been watching and kind of go over some stuff that we've been yeah dude i did out. a watch party last night for the first time you know trying to adapt to quarantine life we did a watch party with our friends you the keep Curtises. It up, you'll be able to do a clock party in the other room a man is going oh what a dad joke my dad's listening he's like oh i'm so proud of this kid <laughs> he's still he's wiping the tears away being like, <laughs> yeah yeah i taught him well <laughs> And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. <laughs> we had the Curtises on and then my brother Kevin and his wife Meg and we all uh, watch Cats together. Oh, yeah. That's a travesty of cinema, my dude. <laughs> 
We saw it at a like a loud screening at Alamo out here. And if you guys haven't seen Cats yet, it's so bad. It's I mean, and it's accessible. Like there's some movies that are so bad. They're like the room is so bad. It's good. But some people hate that and they can't deal with it. Yeah. Cats is probably one that most people can deal with. You just watch it. and You're like, why would you do it that way? There's so many issues. Like you can't even begin to describe how many issues there are with it. The musical sucks to begin with. I, I, I've never been a fan of the show. I don't think I've ever seen the actual musical. Ooh, ooh, it's bad, dude. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland where a, a fish out of water lands in a new spot. It's this cat, not a fish. It's a cat. <laughs> and she just meets all these new people. And every song is like, hey, I'm a new person. Here's my quirks and things. And here's what I want. Boop, boop, boop. And you're like, what's right. the fucking plot? I don't understand. And then like every song is so goddamn confusing because they're like, we're these jellicle cats and we have other names. Here's some of our names, but we're not going to tell you all our names. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is what? So to compound a shitty, bizarre musical, you have this like uncanny valley nightmare of CGI that's like blending real people's faces onto creepy ass cat bodies. Mm -hmm. That's horrifying. And my brother, Kevin, put it perfectly. They have mixed too many fetishes into this movie. <laughs> And I kid you not, you're like, why is this so sexualized? Like the cats are trying to be sexy, not sexy, creepy. You got like this weird furry thing going on, not sexy, creepy. There's literally a scene where she's getting choked by pearls that goes on way too long. And you're like, too many fetishes in this movie. Too many fucked up weird things that are like overtly sexualized for no reason. What about the fact that like, and it's never really explained. Like, like you said, there's angelical cats and shit. And you're like, you hear that and you're like, what does that mean? Is that a religious thing? You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it never explains it. And then about halfway through the movies, one of the cats has magic and can make other cats disappear and teleport. And you're like, wait, what? It comes out of nowhere and it's never explained. It happens multiple times. It seems like more or less only one cat can do it. And oddly enough, it's not the magician cat that's doing it. Right. It's somebody completely different. And it's a like I said, it's very Alice in Wonderland, but also Wicker Man. <laughs> the whole time they're there, they're like, tonight we're going to have somebody pass on into yes. a new life. And I'm like, wait, are we sacrificing a cat to some weird god? Yep. Yeah. And in the musical, she flies away on a big tire for no reason. In this one, they put her, they put the Angelica Houston cat who sings memories into a chandelier and then tie it to a balloon, like a hot air balloon, and it flies mm -hmm. away. And you're like, somewhere in a newspaper, they'll be like, some asshole kids tied a cat to a balloon and let it loose in the Paris <laughs> city skyline or something. Like, what? What asshole did this? Police spent hours trying to get the balloon down and the cat was trapped. It was like, you, you just sacrificed a cat to the sky balloon. Like, what the fuck mm. is happening in this movie? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, that's what would have happened. <sighs> I mean, and the, and it's so funny because it's like, they're all like, yay, new life. This is, this is great. And it's like, this is just a cult movie. I've seen Wicker Man. I know how this ends. There's no good ending for this poor kitty cat. I would have rather have, much rather have seen the Wicker Man, but with cats. Like the cat Wicker... <laughs> The Wicker Cat. You know what I mean? I'd rather watch The Wicker Cat. Okay. Okay. What What would the ending be? What would the shape be? Would it be like a giant Wicker Cat that they stuff a cat into and light it on fire? Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be exactly what would happen. <laughs> After rescuing the cat from the sky balloon, firefighters were called to a street fire to put out some sort of effigy <laughs> that looked like a cat. 38 cats died in the blaze. One of them was wearing a little top hat. <laughs> yeah. Teleporting couldn't save that one cat. Oh my God. All their clothes, like the scale kept changing. Like sometimes a loaf yes. of bread would be as big as the cat. 
and sometimes the loaf of bread would be like a human-sized loaf of bread. That was so when you when you watch one of these rowdy screenings, there's some jokes that are constant, and one of them is how big are cats? So everything like there's one where they jumps on a windowsill, and the windowsill seems giant. How big are cats? Then later it's on a sink, and it's like almost human size. How big are cats? All over the place. It's a fun-ass movie to watch, though. Oh, so good to watch with people. It's amazing how terrible it is and and just a mess. And I feel bad because like everybody's pointing figures to who fucked this up. The person who fucked up the most was the person who kept writing checks after seeing the first dailies test. <laughs> That's the person who fucked up. Like producers, executive producers, whatever. Because it's like, you know, they made jokes at the Oscars about it. Dude, the VFX people just did what they were told. And yeah, right. <laughs> like they knew. They knew exactly what they were doing. They worked really hard on a flaming wicker cat dumpster fire. What could you do? Like you couldn't, you can't fight that. It's not your job. They should have made it entirely CGI. It did not need the people element. That was just too weird. No. And that's the thing is there's so many things where, and like you guys know, I think we've talked about it before, although we've never done an episode on it because I don't think you like it, but I love The Room. And when you watch The Room, there's just so many moments where you're like, okay, just even if you don't know about film production or any way that, you know, commercial films are made, why would you choose to show that like that? And this movie has a ton of those. There's like the the one that stuck out like the most to me was Rebel Wilson's character is singing. And while she's singing, she picks up something from the ground that looks like it could be her tail, but it's not. And she swings it around and it just looks like she's swinging a giant dick around. So many swinging dicks in this now, movie. Now, we all know she's not. But why would you do that? Now, in my mind, I'm pretty sure it was a piece of yarn, but it was never established. They never showed the ball. Why would you not establish it? Yeah, they never showed it. We were like, is that intestines from the mice she's eating? What? what? That's what it looks and you, like. It, when you watch a movie like that, you, like and something like that happens, to me, I'm just like, nobody was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense out of context like that. We have to fix that. The scope of their faces were wrong. Like, they, their faces felt small compared to the size of their head. Like, everything mm. just needed to be reframed and resized and just, just so weird. And, like, to see Edris Elba as this muscular, like, Ken doll. Yeah, he was, like, the sexiest, weirdest cat. And then, oh, and... Some of the cats are naked. Some of the cats have on accoutrements like jewelry. Some of the cats, like Idris Alba's character, is wearing a coat for some of it. Yep. And then when he do- when he stops wearing the coat, he looks and feels super naked. Even though cats are naked and everyone else is naked, Everybody's when naked. he loses the coat, it feels weird. It's because he's like skin tight muscular, but with no <laughs> junk and it's creepy. And here's the thing. In a musical, if this was on stage, some of the cats would have shoes and like coats and like, I get that, but they could never, they never had a consistency to the art direction of, well, some cats wear overalls and a little hat. In a musical on stage, you never question that this one has a little train hat and this one has a top hat. Like that would never, but in a movie, it looks weird when you don't establish whether it's real, like you're in a real world or whether you're on stage and that there's like a disconnect between all of that. And it just, every time it changes, you're like, wait, what? Huh? What? And like, (laughs) I can forgive it if they want to have some cats wear shoes, but just let, let that be and don't change it midway through and don't change that. He's suddenly takes his coat off and now he's naked. It's super bizarre. At least give him a necklace. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. What else have we been watching? What, what do you... Have you seen anything recently that's been good? Yeah, dude. It's, I texted you about it real quick, but I watched Tourist Trap. Have you seen that? Dude, this movie is one of the... It's so creepy. Now, this is one of those movies for me that I remember seeing the VHS cover for it numerous times growing up. And it's like this weird, almost like a fan of the opera-esque top white mask of the whole face. Yeah. With like almost jowls and a missing jaw. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I remember as a kid just thinking that's a very spooky image. 
I knew nothing about what the movie was about other than it was horror. And it's been one of those movies that like I keep seeing it for rent or for whatever on streaming, but yeah. I haven't bought it. Finally, it's on Tubi for free right now. And I watched something else. Oh, I watched Brain Damage and I realized I'd never seen that. I was thinking that was a different movie. Wait, wait, wait. You just brought up two things at once. Let's finish Tourist Trap and then we got to talk about Brain Damage. Okay. So I watched Brain Damage, but when I finished Brain Damage, it said, you may also like Tourist Trap. And that's been on my movies of like my list of movies that I wanted to check out. So I started that. The, I watched it the other night. This movie starts with a couple who like, or a couple people whose car breaks down or some shit. This guy finds a gas station. He goes inside of it and the uh, the door slams closed almost like supernaturally. Then uh, out of a closet pops out a mannequin with a like a witch mask and it's laughing at him. And all these other mannequins and like it looks like automated things kind of pop up and are laughing and spooking him. But the whole time you're like, did someone set this up for him to, to walk into like a trap? Or are like is the place haunted? Like it's not clear how or why these things are happening like you can't figure out if there's a supernatural element or not and uh, then he gets he gets, something impales him he gets killed uh, these other people end up getting stuck somewhere it's it's not a movie that you've never seen before but the big reveal is that there's a creepy a creepy redneck kind of guy who takes these people into his house and he's like listen don't go out of the house he keeps leaving them, but he keeps saying, don't go out of the house. My brother's around here. He shows them these great, like, Disney Imagineering models and mannequins that can talk and move. And he's like, my brother made them. And then he went to the big city and blah, blah, blah. And pretty early on, I thought he was the brother slash he killed the brother. It was the same thing, whatever. And that obviously is that's what's happened. But it turns out that this killer is like this weird mask wearing. It's very Texas Chainsaw in appearance, but he talks and he talks like real creepy voice. And it actually, like, there were some legit creepy spooky shots and some spooks and some good frights in it. I was actually pretty impressed. I, I think this movie has one of these things where it's like, it's so bizarre at moments that it is scary. You're like, what am I watching? Because it's so, yeah, yeah. it's nothing like you've ever seen. I wouldn't say it's good because there are tons of moments where there's somebody walking around with a flashlight being like, boyfriend that walked away 10 minutes ago? Are you mm -hmm. in here? And like just people right, with yeah, flashlights yeah, yeah. wandering around this guy's property for way too long. Like it is not sure. a fast paced film. But I agree with that. When they discover the creepy moments, they're so creepy because you're like, oh, I don't know if this is real or not. Like the creepy mm -hmm. mask mannequin stuff is bizarre. It's it's genuinely very well thought out when it works. But there's like I said, for me, there's a lot of moments where you're just like, okay, 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 okay. Any, come on. any scares or shots or scenes that come to mind in your head that you can think of specifically? Give the first ten minutes a watch because that that the first kill is really creepy. There's a part where the this the killer once we start seeing the killer who really does look like Leatherface with a slightly different mask but he talks he's chasing a girl and in his hand is a dummy head of her boyfriend yeah and it's also it's also calling her name I forget what her name is but whatever the name is it's like Cindy he's He's running after going, girl, please come back, girl. And while that's happening, the head that he's holding of this weird doll is yelling out, wait, come back, Cindy, it's me, Johnny, come back. Because he can really mimic pretty. people's voices with the creepy dolls. It's real. And there's scenes where the dolls are moving and stuff around the room. It's it's really good. It's 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 definitely, if you haven't seen it, it's worth the watch for sure. Because it, like I said, it's, it's, it's almost like a movie. I don't want to say it's a movie you've never seen because that's not exactly true. It's a movie you've seen, but with two or three things that you're going to be surprised by. And it's fun. It's re it's a really fun romp. I think it's a good watch with people movie because when it's boring, you can make fun of it. But when it's creepy, I think everybody in the room is going to be like, what? 
what? Yeah, what? yeah, that's true. I think that's that's a good way to say it. Because it really did try and go out on a limb and it went way out there. Yeah, it's good. It's very, It's I can just imagine the pit, the, the, the pitch must just be like, did you ever see Texas Chainsaw Massacre? All right, picture that, but with less bones, the killer can talk. Oh yeah, and he has telekinesis. Yeah, that's the weird part is that it has a psychic component that's very bizarre. Let's talk about brain damage, dude. You'd never seen this? No, I I think I was thinking it was brain dead. Yeah. You and I even did a what have you been watching where you were talking about it. And I yeah. think I just assumed it was brain dead, which I've only seen once and I thought that's what you were referencing. I'd never seen brain damage before. It's fucking bonkers. So good, dude. Elmer, the freaking brain parasite. Well, hello mm-hmm. there. He has a great voice, great puppetry for what it is. The the movie is that time frame of movies when like Peter Jackson was making those dead alive, you know, bad taste, awesome fucking movies. Yeah. So this is Frank Henenletter who did Basket Case. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a Basket Case cameo in it with the two brothers on the train. Yep. It's fun. It's a really cool, you know, it's worth the watch. It's definitely, again, you can watch it by yourself or you can watch it with a bunch of people making fun of it. But the gore and the effects make the whole thing. Make, well, make the movie easily. And and the whole thing is, so this, this guy, he finds this little brain parasite and the brain parasite's like, hey, if you help me out, I'll help you out and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an experience you've never had before. And the guy's like, okay. And it bites into the back of his brain stem and makes him trip balls, dude. Mm-hmm. Like he hallucinates out of his mind. And it's a pretty cool hallucination sequence. Like water's filling up in the room and he sees all these colors. But then like when he snaps out of it, he realizes that he's been killing people. So it's very much little shop of horrors but instead of a plant it's this little like brain parasite dick worm thing the brain dick worm needs to like eat people and eat their brains yeah. otherwise it's not going to give you this euphoric feeling and so the guy of course gets addicted to it and keeps being like yo give me a hit like make me trip balls again and i'll go kill people for you and he doesn't want to at first but it's i thought it was really good i really like this movie it definitely has some slow moments it's definitely of its era it's got that richard band score where like the music is just like it just sounds casio keyboard like a kid did it oh Oh, yeah. You know, for a school project. But the practical uh, and there's effects definitely some, are really like, there's good. Some, the, the effects are great. There's some super long ass shots, like needlessly long ass shots. Yeah. You're like, I see it. I see it. But super, super fun. Super, super fun. And if you guys don't know Frank Henenletter's work, like he did a bunch of really good low budget horror movies in the 80s. And this is one of them. Brain Damage, Basket Case, Frankenhooker. They're fun movies. They're worth a watch. They're definitely of their era, but super fun to check out and worth it. If you, especially when you're in lockdown, what else are you going to do? That's true. So this week we had, man, we lost a horror great man. Stuart Gordon passed away, uh, which was a big bummer, but you know, he's done some of my favorite. I'm sure yours too, Rumi, but like he's done some really great horror movies. Stuart Gordon, probably most well-known for is Reanimator, right? Yeah. I would think that that's the one that comes to mind for me the quickest. So he did Reanimator. He also did Dolls. He did Castle Freak. He also had a bunch to do with the Honey, I Blew Up and Shrunk the Kids franchise, both movies and television. Oh, yeah. What did he do for that? Oh, he also did From Beyond, Robot Jocks, Dagon. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's done a bunch. He's a writer, director, producer. He was the executive producer on Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, singular, which I liked. Remember that one? Yeah, man. I love those movies. I mean, as a kid, I did. I don't know if they hold up, but he's just he's just a real horror great i mean robot jocks is really cool if you, if you thought pacific rim was a cool movie i know Rumi doesn't like it but like this is like the the stop motion version of this mm-hmm. and it's awesome because the robots actually fight and you could see it it's pretty damn good from beyond is great there was a movie that he did that i had never seen and it's been on 
my list for a while, which was Dolls. And Kate and I finally watched that this week. I couldn't believe that you'd never seen that. It's one of those things like everybody remembers the VHS cover. When you're a kid and you're in the movie store, like yes. this one is always on the shelf. It's so creepy looking. It's a little doll. Half of her face is a skull and she's holding her eyeballs in her hands and she has like empty eye sockets. Really creepy. But we watched it. Never happens it. in the movie. Sort of happens in the movie, but not Oh, like I guess that. Yeah, that's, that is true. Not that doll. But yeah, that, something like that does. The movie's fucking bonkers, right? It's so bizarre. It's one of those movies that you're like, is this for kids? No, this isn't for kids. Who is this for? What is this movie about? It is, it's a, a family, a little girl, her dad, his her dad's new girlfriend, who's a bitch. Uh, they get stuck in a in a storm, and they walk to this like super old castle mansion thing, and they go in there, and inside the castle mansion, it's these two old people, and they're he's a doll maker, and he makes all these like crazy dolls, and it's the same actor who plays Toulon from the Puppet Master series. Crossover, what? Mm. You know, a bunch of other people show up to the mansion because it's storming out. It's the storm of the century. And it's like two punk, British punk people and this like goober, goofy guy who does not know what movie he's in. Like he thinks he is like in some kid's movie. He's like this slapstick character who just does not fit into the movie, but he's really fun. He's a nice character. You like him, but it's super weird. He's supposed to be the kid at heart, right? He's the kid at heart. Yeah, he's supposed to be me, but he's way over the top goofy about it. (laughs) Of course, the dolls in the house are alive and they start killing people who are dicks. And, you know, the kills are pretty good. The dolls are pretty good. It's just, it's bonkers, dude. There's a lot of stop motion in it. Did you recognize the the guy with the kid at heart, who he is? I kept thinking he was Rudy, but he's definitely not. It's not Sean Austin. No, no. Who is he? He was the dirty cop. He's a lot of things if you look him up, but he was the dirty cop in RoboCop 2, who like goes and meets the kid and ends up getting ambushed. Yeah, that was him. And he plays the same fucking kid. Like, you could think that this guy went on to work for OCP and get involved with drugs <laughs> the way he like the, the way he acts. The effects in this are amazing. So Beekler, a guy named Carl Beekler, who just passed away a little while ago, but he was he was the king of kind of schlocky effects, but he did do some great stuff too. He did like Carnosaur and all those movies. He did the makeup effects, but the doll effects were done by a couple different companies because there's a lot of puppets. Yeah. There's Marion net puppets to make dolls move. There's traditional puppetry. There's a ton of stop motion animation, which is done by David Allen, who has done some amazing, amazing stop motion effects for some pretty low budget stuff, as well as some big stuff. And those shots and scenes in this movie really are creepy. When the dolls are doing shit like that, it really is scary shit. We find out that like when you crack the dolls heads open, there's like creepy little skeleton monsters inside of them. And that's pretty cool. And the girl, the little, there's a little girl, the little girl keeps calling them either little people or elves. elves. Yeah. She keeps saying. And then like (laughs) one of the uh, hitchhiker girls sets one on, oh no, she hits one and sets it on fire and the face melts off and it's like a withered skin, fleshy face inside. She goes, oh my God, the girl was right. They're little people. They're fucking dolls. It's like, first of all, that doesn't even make sense. This movie is full of things that like not only tonally does it not make sense and some characters like the doll maker people, they're very creepy and they act how you'd expect. The little girl kind of acts how you'd expect. 
She's actually she's pretty little, good for the little girl. She's a great actress. And she's a little, like some of her lines are a little more sophisticated and there's times where she seems really scared and there's times where she seems like womp, 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 you yeah. know, three stooges running away from spooks. The guy, uh, Ralph, who is, you know, this this kid trapped in a grown-up's body, he's all over the place. There's some times where he's legit scared. There's some times where he's playing stuff for a laugh. A guy tries to kill him and the whole time he plays it off as like a three stooges bit. Oh, he feels like um, Abbott Costello, right? Like he, he, he has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's like, I had a crazy like he dream. He almost like runs in place before he then continues to yeah. run, you know? I had a dream where I was being chased by killer dog. Like, his <laughs> reactions are over the top, Abbott and Costello. It's, it's so weird, and he doesn't fit in the movie at all, but he is one of the more likable characters. And Oh, he's definitely a likable character. And then you have the girl's parent. The girl's dad is with, like you said, some new... I think he introduces her as his wife, but not the girl's mom, and they make that very clear. And she is like Cruella DeVille-level bitch for, to everyone for no reason. The dad, very quickly, he's like a spineless bitch, but he hates the little kid and just wants to be with the the bitchy new wife. The movie opens with them driving, and as they're driving, she, the woman is driving. He looks out the windshield, and he goes, ooh, that storm ahead looks pretty bad. Maybe we should pull over. Now, immediately, I'm like, what? who wrote that line? Why is it necessary? What would you do? Like, I guess if a storm was so bad you couldn't see, you would pull over. But else, what else does pulling over do? I've never pulled over because there was a storm cloud. I've pulled over when the rain was hammering my Correct. car so hard I couldn't right. see anything. They end up getting stuck, can't get the car out. Well, first, she's she's in the in the driver's seat trying to drive and it's spinning the wheel. He goes outside to push. And when he tries to push the car, the wheel spritzes him with water and he goes, ah, and then she stops and he looks at her and goes, honey, I could use some help out here. Now, if she came out and helped him, who would be driving the car? Like, that doesn't make sense. There's so many things like this that just happened to make the plot move. The car is stuck and they go, he goes, I think the storm's coming back. We should probably leave the car here. Wait, you're going to venture forward on foot in a storm that was so bad you wanted to, to pull over and he leaves the door, the window open when he closes the door and leaves the car. So it's like all these things were like, they weren't really worried about the quality of this film as they were making certain parts of it. And they go off on foot and the Cruella de Vil lady comes back, grabs the little girl's teddy bear and is like, leave that here yes. and just chucks it into the woods. No reason. The girl wasn't doing anything. There was no reason to do that. Just to be mean. And then the bear comes out of the woods. A giant teddy bear comes out of the woods, turns into a real monster teddy bear and kills the parents and then snaps out of it as a dream sequence. But here's something weird. If you're going to start your movie, the first scare is a dream sequence that doesn't play into any other part of the movie. Right, right. Very disjointed, right? It confuses you because you're like, okay, the first 10 minutes are supposed to paint a picture of what the movie's going to be like. And it doesn't have any of the weird, like maybe there's dolls in the bushes. That would make sense. There's something going on. It's just a, a non sequitur dream sequence. And we don't have any more dream sequences. The rest. It's awesome. It looks cool. It looks really cool. This bear is awesome. And like he tears his like teddy bear face off and it's like a big hairy monster bear underneath. It's pretty sweet, but it is very out of place, a non sequitur and doesn't play any part again in the movie ever. I love the idea of they're walking and out of nowhere you're right the girl is walking the bitch turns around takes it and she's like I'm sick of your daydreaming and just chucks the bear in the woods and then yeah. she's like she goes you'll move faster on your own what what sense does that make she has a backpack also, like, on 
Who would do that? Oh, they want to get rid of this kid so bad. They remind me of like the rescuers or something where it's like, they're just going to kidnap that girl and ransom her for money, right? Uh, the best is at the end of the movie, the, the the bitch woman gets killed and the dad gets turned into a new doll. Yeah. The little girl wakes up and they, they the uh, Guy Ralph, the actor Guy Ralph, who's the, the head doll maker, him and his creepy witch wife pretend that they that the, the, the man child and the little girl's night experience was just a dream. Yeah. And she's like, well, where's my dad? He goes, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but he just drove away without you. And here's this note. Here's the note he left. It's like, sorry, I'm a piece of shit dad. I'm going to let you live with your mom. Here's money to go to Boston. And he's like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And then the, the man child wakes up and he's like, wait, what about the hitchhikers that I picked up? He holds the same note and he looks at the bottom and he goes, P.S. We're taking the hitchhikers. Uh, bye. <laughs> What? Yeah, makes no sense. This also has a killer, a live doll, a live small thing trope that I've talked about before that I like, love, hate, and that's the jibber-jabbering dolls. I don't know why. <laughs> why does that have to be the case? But it is always the case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's pervasive in this movie. There is one cool shot, though, where the, the, the guy and the, the, the man child and the little girl walk into a room filled with dolls. And as they walk in, the door slams closed behind him and they both jump. And the guy looks at the girl and he goes, it, it, it was probably just the wind. And then the entire room, all the dolls go, wind, wind. Yeah, and he reacts. He's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, it's it was fun. It was a really fun movie. Again, worth watching if you've never seen it before. Watch any of Stuart Gordon's stuff, man. Like Reanimator is probably the best, right? Oh, by far the best. But like Castle Freak is fun. I mean, all the Reanimator stuff. Like I said, Robot Jocks is I think is a really fun movie, worth watching out, especially for all that stop motion. I've heard Robot. Yeah, that's right. Robot Jocks is great. Yeah, hard to find. It's it's hard to find in a good copy, but I think you can find it online probably it's on some streaming service it's just a good fun time i think anything he's done is worth checking out we've talked about from beyond before as being a really cool creepy creepy movie that suddenly turns has another like wait what what genre is this what's going on here but that has jeffrey combs yeah, in the, it again him him he, he actually has a lot of stuff with jeffrey combs in it yeah he and a lot of his contemporaries at this time were making movies like this that were like super super cool really good like this dolls is weird you can tell it was and won't ever be a commercial success. But it's a good movie. It's put together well. It makes sense. It does what it's supposed to do. Robot Jocks, Robot Jocks is the same. Uh, Reanimator is definitely the same. These movies are like really good and they they have this cult audience that loves them. It just, they never never quite got up to up there with the big boys. But there was a time of filmmaking where these movies, I guess it was like, they were, I guess it was like some of the, the real independents, right? Yeah, I guess. But like, when you talk about Reanimator, that is like some people's pinnacle of horror movie. And yeah. Yeah, people I, know that. People and I know think that one. I think he just is in that that pantheon of just horror masters who has made some of the best, some of the goriest, some of the most inventive horror movies of his era. And and you know, I I, I definitely think he's probably one of the best horror directors that you could put out there. And he he did a lot with Brian Yuzna, Yunza, Yuzna. Yuzna confusing me. <laughs> Somewhere your dad is going so proud, so proud of this kid right now. 
Yeah, and Jar Jar Binks is like, I understood exactly what he said. Brian Usna, <laughs> and if you guys don't know him, he he was a producer, but he went on to do like Bride of Reanimators, Society, Return of the Living Dead 3. Like he kind of took the torch from Stuart Gordon to take take a weekend while you're quarantined and, and do do yourself a favor, do a Stuart Gordon marathon and watch a bunch of weird, creepy horror movies. Mm, here, here. I got Kate to watch Tremors for the first time recently. Interesting. It's on a lot of people's radar right now. Did a new one just come out or something? Uh, last year, the sixth film came out, Tremors, Cold Day in Hell, and I think it just popped up to like the top of a Netflix, like, you should watch this movie, and I think a lot of people You're are You're like, the third oh. person this week who's mentioned it to me. This really? week. I, yeah. I think Netflix, for whatever reason, either just added it to their library or like popped it up to like really high on their like, hey, everybody should check out Tremors. Why not? It's really a solid movie. The first Tremors. The it, original one? Yeah. It takes a minute to oh, get yeah, into yeah. it, but when it does, solid flick. It's definitely one of those movies that I feel like if I were to give you the premise of it, yeah. especially if I didn't mention some of the actors that are in it, it sounds like a movie me and you would fucking love, but like our wives would not be caught dead watching. Yeah. However, if I could somehow get Amanda in front of that movie, I think she would enjoy it. She might never need to watch it again. She might never like talk to me about it again. No. But I think she'd have a good time for the, you know, the what, hour and a half, two hours that it was. That's almost exactly what Kate was like. She's like, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I'm glad I saw it. It was all right. And I was like, yeah, but they did what they had with, they did well with what they had. And she's like, yeah, the monsters were cool. Mm. But yeah. everybody has asked me now that they're watching this, are Tremors two through six any good? And I've never seen a single sequel. Oh no, I've seen, I may even have two through four, two through five. And first of all, they all lump together pretty quick. There's a couple, like one of them has like flying Tremors and like, you're like, okay, in the second or third sequel, you're trying new things. Okay, I'll give Wait, you credit for that. Isn't one of the movies, the one after the flying ones, isn't like Tremors four back to basics. And it's like, okay, okay, we tried something silly. Now we're back yeah, to what you like. Sorry. <laughs> there's one that's back in time like it's back in the old west and like yeah. again you're like okay you are the umpteenth sequel in this world this universe what else were you gonna do you know I give the movie credit for longevity I mean six sequels that's true I agree with that and it's you know I think it's one of those you watch the first one if you watch Tremors 1 and you liked it watch Tremors 2 you watch Tremors 2 and you don't like it okay don't watch 3 or 4 you know what I mean there's a part of me that's like we need to do all six and like do it like we did with the Leprechaun film franchise, except with less time travel. But yeah, it's like less squishing people with time traveling machines. But we we could look into that. Maybe 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 during quarantine we'll watch a bunch of Tremors movies. I would do a series on that. I've been on a Jean Claude Van Damme kick. Oh, that's a that's a good wordplay right there. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's on the floor so crying just, yeah, right now. Yeah, it's like somewhere Jean Claude Van Damme's dad is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Last night we watched Time Cop. That movie was rad. See, now Time Cop I watched in theaters and I like when it first came out. I yeah. don't know that I've seen it since then. It was it was really fun. I had a great time watching it. It's worth not, the rewatch. It's worth it. Yeah. I mean, none of these are great movies. I mean, sure. they're certainly not top tier like Arnold Schwarzenegger. This isn't a, a total recall by any means. But for a time travel movie, and I love time travel movies, this was a lot of fun. And there was a lot of things that I'm like, you know what? You didn't have me thinking about how stupid your time time travel convention is and mm -hmm. I'd buy it. 
I buy it for the most part. So okay, it's worth it. It's super fun. Splits and drop kicks all around, dude. <laughs> well, guys, while you've been in quarantine, let us know what you've been watching. Give us some recommendations. Maybe we'll check it out. Matt and I plan to be doing some live streams soon. We'll start telling people when we're doing that. Because uh, what else have we got to go on? Come watch us uh, on our YouTube uh, a YouTube live stream. Maybe we'll do a Facebook live event. But uh, come come hang out with us. We'll we'll be letting you guys know when that's happening soon. In the meantime, keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Uh, check out our crosscast we did with on Wednesdays, We Wear Pink. Those guys, we did a really fun episode with them, and we are up here on their podcast talking about the Leprechaun movies. That was a fun two recordings, man. If you guys haven't checked those out, that's definitely worth listening to. Super fun stuff. And um, yeah, guys. Just keep up with us, and uh, until next time, we're the Rocketeers. Rumi, let's blast this thing off. I can't. I'm too busy with a calzone in my mouth. <laughs> Happy birthday, Rumi. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. This is so much fun to do with you, and uh, yeah, we'll just make the best of it while we're uh, all in that lockdown life. By the way, you guys, I wanted to give Rumi extra credit. I know I, I always talk about how great he is at the show, and he is, but that's not what I'm talking about. You guys always talk about how great the Simpsons are at predicting stuff. Rumi predicted we'd be in quarantine because couple, like about a month ago, he had me in quarantine. Remember that? Yeah, we did you that quarantine episode. To that shit. Rumi knew that this was coming. Oh, that was a super fun episode, but I'm like, damn, we kind of blew our wad early on that one. I know, I know. That's the thing. You were ahead of your time. You 12, you 12 monkeyed your own fucking shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical, man. Let's blast this thing off. Let's do it. All right. Why'd you do it with your left hand? Because I didn't want to smack my mic. Very professional of you. That was the most awkward rocketeer high five I've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We're the Rocketeers, and we are out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.